But for now, let's praise and give thanks to God for just the amazing God that he is and what he's done for us. Let's pray. Father, after such an announcement, what could we say? It's just so exciting and so unexpected. And uh, our love and adoration pours out to you, Lord, because you are such a loving and faithful God. There is none like you. Before we even knew we had an urgent need for accommodation, for a place to call our own, you already had a place prepared for us. And Lord, you always do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. You are righteous in all of your ways and loving towards all you have made. You are near to all who call on you, to all who call on you in truth. You fulfill the desires of those who fear you. You hear our cry and you save us. You watch over all who love you. Lord, we ask your forgiveness for the times we have doubted you, for the times we have let fear and doubt come into our thinking, for not being patient and trusting. Please forgive us and increase our faith. Help us to grow in obedience, to follow you wherever you lead. Lord, we know that this place you have provided is part of your kingdom and we pray that it will always be a place filled with your presence, a place where people are blessed and feel your love, peace and joy when they enter, where the word is fully proclaimed, Jesus is lifted up and the Holy Spirit touches hearts and changes lives. We pray that it will be a place for us to grow as a family, as your people planted here, For your glory, Lord, help us to grow together in love and unity. We pray that it will be a light on the hill, a platform from where we can reach out to the Blackwood and Belair communities, to the residents in the cottages that share the land with us. We pray that the people will feel loved, accepted and see that we are a family willing to help in times of need. We ask your blessing on all who will serve here, Lord. May we keep our eyes on you, because you are the reason for everything we do, Jesus. May we demonstrate your love, compassion, mercy and kindness to those we will serve and to each other. We know that you have plans for us here, Lord, and that you will help us to discover them and fulfil them. Raise up people with faith, giftings and devotion to carry them out as you equip us with everything good for doing your will. May you work in us what is pleasing to you, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. I just want to put the video down a bit. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Carol, for, for leading us in prayer. And uh, before I get into the word, just um, something extra on that is that on Saturday we are planning hopefully to be able to get in and do a bit of a working bee, particularly uh, getting down the, the wall and the desk, but also just to start cleaning up uh, the space. It's been vacant now for almost 12 months, uh, so just to be able to, to vacuum and clean windows and things like that. So um, uh, if you're free next Saturday, we're looking to get a group of people together, a number of different groups doing different tasks, uh, as we get excited about the potential of uh, yeah, really setting up that church home and making it a welcoming space, not only to be able to, to worship God and to be able to come and do that, but to invite others and include others into the family, as Carol just mentioned. And so, um, yeah, if you're free, I would love you to
to be a part of that. So we are continuing in our Joshua series, and uh, you might be thinking, uh, we're only up to chapter 3 this week. How long is this going to take? Uh, we're, we're crossing the Jordan today. Yes, we're crossing the Jordan. We're entering into the promised land today. Um, and then for the next couple of weeks, we're going to probably be just making reference to a number of, of verses as we uh, skip over a few bits. But um, particularly the, the things that we want to concentrate on uh, is the, the early chapters and the, the last few chapters as well in Joshua. So um, as of the weeks before, we are going to be sort of reading through and expounding the text as we go. So I encourage you to grab hold of your Bibles um, so you can be reading and and looking at the words as we um, make you aware of those. So from chapter 3, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days... After three days, there it is again. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep your distance about a thousand yards between you and the ark, and do not go near it. So after three days, and again, there's that picture of freedom, of a fresh start, of something new happening uh, after that period of time, the newness is going to be that they're going to finally enter the promised land that they've been promised for, for years and years. And so they're given this order to uh, for the priests who are the Levites to take the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was uh, a box uh, with a lid that had the commandments in it uh, that Moses received from Mount Sinai. And the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence. So God's presence went with his people in the desert. And they were to set up a tent that they called the tabernacle and they were to have uh, specific dimensions and, and things as part of that tabernacle. But the reason was so that God had a place and a presence amongst his people, that God was with them as they journeyed. And as God led them with fire and cloud and went before them, so here God is saying to the people, as I lead you over into that promised land, I myself, my presence uh, represented in this ark is actually going before you. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is actually going before the people and leading them into the promised land. They don't go marching ahead and, and pushing into something. It's actually the Lord that leads them. In fact, it says here in the text, uh, I'm going to lead you because you don't know where to go. Uh, the people didn't know the way uh, in and didn't know the, the path into the promised land, but the Lord knew which way to go. And I love that picture uh, of uh, the Lord leading us uh, individually and as a church uh, in places that we don't know where to go. Perhaps you might be someone uh, who's been uh, tuning into our, our services and perhaps you haven't maybe um, uh, walked with the Lord or or made a commitment to trusting in Jesus yourself. And you might be feeling, I don't know which way to go. I don't know where the next step is. 
I don't know what is beyond uh, this thing. If I make a, a commitment to you, Lord, what does it look like? The beautiful picture here that we see is actually a God who leads and carries us uh, almost by the hand. So Jesus carries us uh, into that next thing, into the new thing, into the three-day thing that he has for us. And we've seen that uh, literally as a church, uh, as we just announced, that we didn't know where the next thing was, but he knew. And he has led us, and we simply follow him. And it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And uh, it also mentions here to actually keep the distance from the ark. So um, they actually put some some sheepskins and things over the ark because it was such a, a holy thing and, and a holy God couldn't be in communion with uh, a sinful people. And so they had to um, keep their distance uh, from the ark as the ark was led into uh, the Jordan. Now, I, again, I just love the symbolism of, of what this does. You see, I don't know about you, but I certainly love to rush ahead. I certainly love to think it's now up to me, particularly when you see God do something special in your life, when you see God open a door, when you see a miraculous thing happen. Sometimes we think, thank you, Lord, that you've done that bit. Now it's up to me to run ahead and to do the rest. And it certainly could have been that the Israelites felt that. They saw the sea open, uh, the river open, and they could have just gone, you know what, that, that bit's done, the hard bit's over, now we can go conquer. But it's a beautiful picture again uh, and a reminder to give God space, to give God space to do his work, to allow him to move, to allow him to do uh, the wonderful things, not only uh, in their lives, in, in what we saw in the Jordan, but also in our lives. What is the Lord doing in your life right now? What is he opening up for you? What is he calling you into? You know, sometimes we actually need to step back and actually see what he is doing and give him space to work in our lives or perhaps as we step into perhaps a new area of ministry or, 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 or role in the life of the church. Uh, sometimes we can just run ahead and think it's up to me, it's up to my skills and my gifts, I'm going to do this. But here's a picture and a reminder. We are to step back and to be in awe of all that he does uh, and, and how he leads us. And so God literally went before. He led the people uh, into the church just as he led the people in the desert by fire and by cloud. God's presence is going to do the work. We simply follow it. Um, and then Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. Now, you might have uh, sanctify in your version or conse consecrate. Uh, basically, uh, what that means, and we see, we saw King David uh, do it when the prophet Nathan came and, and, and told him uh, of, his, of his sin. What we saw da King David do and what that really means, if we were to perhaps interpret it in Australian language, it means to give ourselves a wash and to put on new clothes. To wash ourselves of the past and uh, of the sin or the thing that we have done that uh, we're ashamed of, perhaps that we haven't uh, walked in truly, 
to allow that to be simply washed away and to be able to put on new clothes for tomorrow. Now, this again is a beautiful picture of what you and I are able to do. You know, there is a fresh start. There is a three-day newness uh, for you and for me uh, when we simply come to the Lord, when we come to Jesus and say, and as we're going to do in communion later, thank you that you have made the way. Thank you that you have uh, enabled me to enter into all that you've got. Lord, forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. Uh, Help me to not allow those things to affect me and to to weigh me down. But Lord, I simply consecrate myself. I sanctify. I wash those things away. They're no longer uh, a part of me. And I literally put on new clothes for the new day that you have for me tomorrow, for the fresh start. And if you are watching this, you might be thinking, oh, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the life that I've led. You don't know uh, the things that I think in my mind and that's in my heart. You know, the, the Bible clearly says that he's taken upon himself the sins of the whole world, and that includes everything that you could ever possibly do. Um, and he's completely removed that. And so for you at home this morning, you might be wanting a fresh start. You might be wanting a new day. Do you know this is available to you right now because you can consecrate yourself today and put on new clothes for tomorrow. There is always a new tomorrow. There is always a new beginning. There is always a new chance uh, to walk in and respond to and live in the freedom uh, that Nadine spoke about this morning as she prayed so beautifully as she led us in worship. So there is always a new tomorrow when we consecrate ourselves today. For the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. It's not us. It's not me. It's not the church. It's the Lord that does the work. So and then verse 6, Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went on ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that you are the best leader in the whole world, and that we are the chosen people, and that, oh, hang on a minute, I got that wrong, that, you, that they may know that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. So here we begin to see what's going to take place in, in the next few verses. They know that the God that was with Moses, as they were in the wilderness, as they were walking around, you know, God protected them. God looked after them. And as they're about to step out in faith, they're stepping out in faith, knowing and trusting in that God who was trustworthy before and he'll be trustworthy again. And so we see this theme of obedience, of trust and of faith all throughout Joshua. So uh, verse 8, Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Now I'm going to make reference to that in a a little bit of time. So just remember that they are to stand in the river. Verse 9, Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is amongst you. I love that. 
we know that the living God is amongst us because we look around us and we see all the wonderful things that he does. We know that the living God is amongst you, that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Pezirites, the Girgashites, I like that one, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Termites, and whatever other, whatever other ites were in the place. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to remove it all. Uh, and, and it's a picture, again, of our, us in our lives. You know, he removes everything that is the barrier between us and our ultimate home and in able to have presence with the living God. He drives it all out and he has made the way. So this is how we know that the living God is amongst you. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. So we're going to know that he is a living God because he's going before us. He's going to do the work. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Now here Joshua actually adds to what the Lord said to him. The Lord said to him, tell the priest to go and put their feet in the water. And then he goes and tells the people, you know, when you do that, this is what's going to happen. So Joshua actually adds faith to what was actually commanded of him. You see, uh, he was there uh, when Moses parted the Red Sea. So he believes in that God and he believes that that God is going to do the same thing again. And so not only does he tell the people what the Lord said him, but he actually adds faith to it and actually says how it's going to come about. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood, flood stage during harvest. Now I'm just going to stop there for a minute. You know, um, we can sometimes... Uh, look around us and think, oh, that was just a coincidence or, or God you know, wasn't really in that. That was really just something that happened. Now, sometimes God likes to actually show off <laughs> and, and prove that something is actually of his doing. And so rather than just allowing the, the, the people to cross over the Jordan when it was normally flowing, it's actually in flood. So it's actually going to take a bigger miracle, a bigger uh, effort if you like from the Lord to enable that to happen and so I, I just love that that sometimes we can think in our lives oh this is the wrong timing or surely in this season this is the wrong time to go ahead with doing this or doing that but you know what in the economy of God sometimes it's it's his he loves to show off and he loves to show what he can do even when it doesn't seem like the right time to move. And so it is in flood. Now, if you go to the Jordan today, uh, you might go to the Jordan River as a, as a tour in, the, the, uh, in Israel and, and look at the Jordan River and go, gee, crossing the Jordan wasn't really all that, that interesting. In fact, I've got a picture here, Dave, of the Jordan River as it is today. Um, and there, there we look at it and we think, gee, the, the Israelites camped on the east side of that. Wouldn't take much to actually get over to the other side. But the, the, the Jordan River that we know today is nothing of the river uh, in ancient times. 
as farmers have uh, taken it for agriculture and as it's been uh, diverted to other uh, waterways and things in the, in the region, the amount of water that is flowing through the Jordan has greatly reduced. In fact, I did some research and they said um, even in the, the late 19th century, 1.3 billion cubic metres of water flowed through the Jordan. 1.3 billion and today it is something like 20 or 30 million uh, cubits. So that's close to like, you know, maybe a conservative view would be 10% of the, the flow of water of what it used to be. I have a picture here next of the River Jordan taken from, the 19, from 1920. And you can see a picture of a bridge and, and the Jordan River flowing. It's a bit bigger than the picture that we had um, beforehand. Uh, and... And so this is uh, the Jordan River as it was in 1920. Now, in 1932, there was a flood uh, that happened uh, during the River Jordan, and this is a picture of it there. Now, if you look closely, and I've highlighted it in the next slide, there you can actually see the bridge that was in the very first picture. So not only uh, was, <laughs> was there a flood, but you can see that the amount of, of water that is now uh, voluminous and and the in increased space that would be in flood, and so when it the the Bible says that the Jordan was in flood, it was in flood, like it was huge. In fact, when they say that you have to keep a distance from the ark, the the amount of of space that the Israelites were to to stay back from the ark when the ark went into the middle of the the river was close to 900 meters. So obviously to this is this is a big deal we're talking about. We're not just talking about a little bit of bit of water just just parting so that they can quickly get across. And remember we're talking somewhere between 2.5 to 3 million people are crossing this great thing. So this is an enormous uh, miracle. This is a big deal. And it happened not only just as the water's flowing, but in flood. So God is doing a miraculous thing. So when the, verse 14, when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage during the harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Now here we see faith in action. We know that the, the people trusted uh, in the Lord. They saw him at work do amazing things in their lives. And so when the Lord told them to do something, they were obedient and they were faithful in doing what the Lord had instructed them to do. Sometimes, you know, the Lord can ask things of us in our lives that might seem uh, minor or, or, or trivial. And yet in faith, the priests actually went ahead and were obedient and did what they were asked to do. Now, here we see a crossing of a river that is different from the first crossing uh, that Moses did as he led the people out of Egypt. I don't know if you remember, but uh, in that scenario, uh, the people came to the water's edge and Moses simply held out his staff 
and then the waters parted. And then they could see the miraculous thing that the Lord had done and they'd been able to, to simply then walk through it. Here, it is a different thing. Here we see faith in action. You see, the, the water didn't part until they were actually in it, until they'd actually put uh, legs on their faith, until they got their feet wet, and until they actually started walking in the things that God had actually asked them to do. And so it is with us. You know, sometimes God actually uh, says, I've got these promises for you. Uh, I'm calling you to this thing. Uh, trust in me for this next door to open up. And, and we can either be like the Israelites with Moses and just sit back and go, well, when it opens up, you know, when, when something happens, then I'll know, then I'll trust, then I'll move. Here we see a, a different scenario. We see, I believe it's going to happen, therefore I'm going to start walking in it before it even happens. And so this was the sort of faith that we saw in Abraham. He was called uh, to be a blessing to the nations and to come into the promised land. So he left his homeland and the Bible says he was accredited righteousness because of his faith. What does that faith look like? He actually left and actually walked in. He put legs on his faith. Uh, the Bible says in James, you know, faith without works is dead. And that's particularly this picture that we see here. The priests literally put their, their feet in the water, their feet get wet. And because of that, then the, the waters part. And it's just a beautiful picture of the fact that we don't have a blind faith. It isn't just a hope that something's going to happen. The Lord said it's going to happen. And the Lord has been trustworthy before for the Israelites. And therefore, they're putting their trust and their faith and their obedience is kind of all in one one thing here as they put their it's not just oh look I hope this is going to happen or maybe something's going to happen if I if I do this no they're, they're trusting in the Lord and that faith is outworked as they they put their feet in the water and then it parts you know I think about um, our lives today um, how many times have we perhaps sat back waiting for the next thing to happen uh, hoping that, that God would open a door or that we'd able to overcome something in our lives or that we'd be able to step up into an area of ministry or that, that something would happen in our, our family lives or relationships that we have and all the while just, just sitting back waiting for something to happen when God actually calls us to actually start putting legs on our faith, actually step out in faith and start walking in the promises that he has for you and me. You know, uh, right from the very start of this year, we've been believing as a church that God's got something for us as a, as a new home. And we um, didn't sort of just sit around idle waiting, but we've had property teams, we've had meetings, we've been believing for that. And, well, I wasn't actually going to say this, but I think it's important that the school actually um, met with me and said that we weren't able to get back into the school, um, possibly for 12 months, but maybe even not at all. And, you know, that sort of news can sometimes cripple you, but we've been believing from the outset that God's got something for us. And we've been walking in it. We've been getting our feet wet. And, and God wasn't falling off his throne, uh, but he actually had something for us. 
And unless um, we were pulled out of that place, we wouldn't have been able to be brought into uh, another place. And it's just, a, a, again, a, a miracle working God. Uh, God's timing has been so amazing in it all. And I, I don't have time now to talk about how it's all happened. But literally the next day, uh, we had this place um, as, as an offer from finding out about not being able to be in the school. Now that's walking in faith. That's getting our feet wet. That's that's pushing into the things that God has for us, and and we see it here in in the scripture and for the Israelites entering into the promised land. And we see it for us, not only individually but as a church as we continue to move forward into what God's got for us. And here's the wonderful thing, you know, as uh, the Lord opens up new things for us as He. Um, uh, shows us his favor as as we uh, step into these different phases it's it's for a purpose you know the israelites were to enter the promised land for a reason they were to be a light to the nations they were to set up a, a nation that uh, re- that reflected the glory of god and that others would be attracted to it you know as we uh, enter into all that god has got for us in the coming years it's because he's got something for us it's got his because he's got a mission and a purpose for us to actually uh, live out our faith in a way that that shares his love uh, with the community around us and i'm so excited that if he opens these sorts of doors that he's got something amazing and incredible for us in the coming years. And we're going to be able to see and step back and watch God at work at what he does amongst us. And isn't that just the most exciting thing? And so um, the the people then, uh, the, the art goes into the, the middle and the people then crossover. I'm going to just leave it there because we're going to um, have a time of communion now. Um, but it really, again, I just want to uh, reiterate the fact that what happened for the people and what happened for Joshua was, was really the, the Lord's working. They put their faith into action. They were obedient to doing what they were asked to do, but they trusted uh, in what God had said to them. And I just want to say to you this morning, I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what uh, experiences you're going through right now. But as we um, come into a time of communion, I just want to relate this story into what Jesus has actually done for us. You see, Jesus has actually opened up and made a way, a passage for us to enter into his presence, to enter into a relationship with him. And he's removed all of the things that have been uh, stopping us from being able to get that freedom and get to him in that way. And so uh, where you are in your life right now, I just want to encourage you. uh, You might either be feeling like you've never really known Jesus, like you've actually um, stepped into uh, all that he has for you as he um, gives himself freely to you. And so this morning, even as we have communion, you might want to simply pray a prayer that invites Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Saviour. For those of you who might have been um, walking this, this journey for a couple of years or for, for very many years, you know the Lord is always at work. There is always a three days. There is always a new thing that he is doing. 
And I want you to be attentive to what the Spirit is saying to you this morning. What is He calling you to? What promises is He declaring over your life? Uh, What is it that He is perhaps revealing to you? Is it something in yourself, a a behavior, a habit, um, a a new uh, sense of boldness, perhaps to be strong and courageous with your faith in your workplace when you get back to uh, normality from this COVID-19 time. Be attentive to what the Lord is saying to you because as he says that to you, he's asking you to put legs on your faith. He's asking you to get your feet wet in those areas that he is revealing to you right now. And so as we have this communion time, I just pray that you'd be open to the Spirit speaking to you and that out of that you'd be able to simply um, walk in and have confidence in the God that was with with uh, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Moses and with Joshua is the same God that is alive and here today. And Jesus is with you as he takes you by the hand and leads you into your new tomorrow, into your new clothes wearing for whatever tomorrow brings. Uh, he is with you and he wants to lead you in that. So Lord, as we um, come now to a time of communion, We thank you that in the same way that you went before the people and you led them uh, into the promised land, Lord, that you lead us. You lead us individually and you lead us corporately uh, into the things that that you have prepared for us before the foundation of the world. And Lord, we just pray that um, uh, as a church and as a people, we would take hold of all the goodness and all the promises and all that you have for us, and that we'd be able to put legs on our faith, that we'd be able to get our feet wet, that we'd be able to start walking in uh, all that you have for us. And Lord, for anyone right now in their homes who are are feeling discouraged, who are perhaps feeling uh, guilty or or sad uh, for perhaps a life that they've led or something that's happened just recently, thank you that there is always a new tomorrow. Thank you that you have made a way for us to to have that new beginning and a second chance and that third chance and that fourth chance and that 20th chance because with you, your mercies are new every morning. So Lord, we just pray that your presence would be uh, with those, uh, with all of us as we now uh, enter a time of communion in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm just going to head over to the next uh, camera as I lead us in communion. Thanks, guys. The, this tech, the tech crew are doing an amazing job <laughs> at, at flipping through um, all the different things. So hopefully you've had time to um, be able to, to gather up uh, the elements that we can have communion together. Uh, you know, Jesus uh, said to his disciples on the night that he was betrayed, uh, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, remember the fact that I have made a way. Remember my sacrifice. Remember that I have um, sacrificed myself in order that you might have a a new life and and freedom. And so that's what we do today and we do together. We remember with thanksgiving the fact that Jesus and his sacrifice has meant that he he has opened up the river and allowed us to enter into the very presence of God. We can have a relationship with the living God. 
with this miraculous God because of what Jesus has done for us. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke, gave thanks and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took a cup And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. And he said a new covenant uh, for a reason. You see, part of the uh, worship in Old Testament times was using the Ark of the Covenant, where that was in the Holy of Holies, in the tent, in the tabernacle, or in, later in the uh, temple. And it was the role of the priest once a year to enter into that uh, holy place and to offer a sacrifice <laughs> and to offer a sacrifice uh, on our on the people's behalf. And the the Ark of the Covenant changed from being a uh, seat of judgment to a seat of mercy, a mercy seat. And so what Jesus has done for us in saying, this is the new covenant. You know, it's now me that actually has made a way through the curtain into that place. And it's my blood, it is my sacrifice that now enables that mercy to be every morning. It's not once a year. It's not because of a a sacrificial system. But you and I can simply come And we can give thanks that Jesus has a new covenant. The blood of the new covenant is that we can actually accept what he has done on our behalf. And we can now enter into the very presence and the the holy of holies into relationship with him. So he says, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. And when he says you, he was talking to his disciples. And when he said the many, He's talking to you and me, all those who would come after. And so when we eat the bread and drink the cup, we remember the Lord's sacrifice uh, and his favour for us. So uh, if you're with people at home right now, I'd encourage you to simply uh, serve one another the bread and the wine. Uh, If you're by yourself, you might perhaps want to um, serve yourself and just to simply uh, pray a simple prayer. But I'm going to pray now, and I particularly want to pray for, for anyone who might want to just make that commitment this morning that I spoke of uh, when I was, I was preaching. So let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you opened a way. Uh, as we saw um, in the story of Joshua, you went before. It was your doing. It was your working. Uh, it was your miracle. And in our lives, Jesus, it was your working, it was your doing, it was your miracle that you sacrificed yourself, that you became the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. And because of that, we can now come with boldness into the very presence and throne room of God. And so, Lord, I just want to pray for for anyone who who is feeling like perhaps they don't belong, like perhaps they're not good enough, that they be encouraged to know that, Jesus, you have made a way, 
that you have forgiven them, that tomorrow is a new day, and that they can make this moment right now a time where they invite you into their life, a time where they say, Jesus, I'm so sorry for the life that I've led. I know that you have done so much for me, that you have made a way. Lord, help me to trust in that, to take hold of that and allow you to come into my life, that I might know the hope and the freedom and the life that you have to offer me. And as I put on the new clothes for tomorrow, help me to walk in newness of faith and to to put legs on my faith and to start walking uh, in the ways that you have for me. So I pray that now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I invite you now uh, where you are to simply serve uh, the bread and the wine to one another. And then after that, uh, we're going to spend some time uh, in worship together. I also just felt to, to share this verse as well. From 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 to 9. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Thank you, Lord, that it's not about us, but it's about what you've done for us. That in our weakness you are strong and that we we have your spirit with us, guiding us and leading us. Thank you that right now we can declare your promise that you're with us that you have chosen us before the beginning of time and that we can walk in that together individually and as a church. Thank you, Lord. amazing declaration what an amazing song to sing after um, taking part in communion 
together declaring the fact that we are chosen, we're not forsaken, he has made a way. We are children of God. We are included in his family. Thank you so much for participating in our service of worship today. Uh, I really look forward to particularly the next coming weeks as we begin to work together on uh, creating uh, that church home together. But I just particularly just wanted to uh, have a call out. As I was uh, singing that last song, I really felt like there's uh, perhaps one or maybe maybe two of you who uh, have, have been praying a particular prayer this morning and have been sensing something in your heart as God's been moving on you. Uh, if that's you, we'd love you to just get in contact with us because we'd love to continue to work with you and journey uh, with you as you begin to put legs on your new faith uh, in Jesus. And so if that's you, please um, uh, get in contact with us. We'd love to, to hear your story. So that's it from us this week. Uh, until next week, we'll uh, again be uh, live streaming next week. Not sure where from yet, but we'll, we'll work that out soon. Uh, but we really look forward to you joining with us again next week. Until then, goodbye.